Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Last Line Soccer Podcast, presented to you by Prime Focus Goalkeeping and the Beautiful Game Network. We want to take some time real quick to thank our sponsors for everything they do for us. Prime Focus Goalkeeping is a brand dedicated to bringing goalkeepers of all ages, top quality gloves and apparel, as well as educational goalkeeping content via our social media pages at Prime Focus GK and YouTube channel, the Prime Focus Goalkeeping channel, as well as plenty of interviews on our blog, which you can check out on our website at www.primefocusgoalkeeping.com. We also need to thank the Beautiful Game Network, Roughneck Scars, and Golden Gold Press for giving us a platform to reach more soccer fans and talk with more great soccer minds. Check out the website, www.bgn.fm, for more great podcasts and written content. And without further ado, let's get into our next episode. All right, well, welcome back to our listeners. We're really excited for this episode of the Last Line Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Miller, goalkeeper for the show Independence, and I'm really excited to have uh, a really up-and-coming and exciting goalkeeper in the USL with us, uh, the Loudoun uh, United goalkeeper, Jermaine Forda. Thanks for joining us today. And no worries at all. How are things going, around? How's your, how is uh, how's the season going? Um, been a bit been a bit difficult in terms of you know results for the team and that kind of stuff. Um, you know we're nowhere near where we wanted to be. Um, you know when we had our outlook at the beginning of the season, you know, kind of sat down and determined you know what we thought we could achieve and what we wanted to achieve and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're not. At the, you know, we're not at that point, but um, but from a personal standpoint, I'm um, I thought I've done a decent job this season. It's been difficult, had some hard times, but I've um, you know, yeah, I'm quite um, quite pleased with how I performed in a number of games. I definitely want to dive into that a little more. So I, I definitely, you know, I've seen I've seen your season from afar. Obviously, we played against each other, um, and our teams have played a number of times. But you know, I, I definitely want to dive into that a little bit more and talk a little bit about more about mentality and, and you know, going into training and preparing for games and things like that, and, and being a part of a team that's that's connected to an MLS club versus you know an independent club and how things are different because you've experienced both. Uh, but I kind of want to start off for the listeners to to understand and get to know you a little bit better. Um, so let's talk about your journey a little bit. You know, where did where are you born? Where did you start playing soccer? How did you get you know to where you are now at Loudoun United? Right. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a journey. I um, I was born in England, um, and initially I didn't even like football. Um, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't really care for it or anything you like that. Football, um, being born in England. Yeah, yeah. I I was kind of just not even interested in that kind of stuff. To be honest with you, just kind of lazy. Um, and then, yeah, I started, I actually started playing at the age of like 13. Um, and, and that was just because my friend didn't have school one day. Um, a couple of boys were playing and they were like, yeah, you should play. And I was kind of like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, then they were like, look, go in goal. You haven't got to do anything. Just, just stand there. So I was like, all right, no problem. And then just made a few saves. And I was like, hold on, this, this isn't bad. And then kind of went from there, got into playing football, um, played for a local club, two local clubs actually, and then eventually um, signed to my first pro team, not on a pro contract, but with the academy um, of Luton Town. And um, that went well. Um, I was all right. I wasn't I wasn't great by any means. Um, obviously, I'd started playing very late, um, but I had a good time there um, and then kind of went for the academy until the point I was released. Um, and to cut a very, very long story short, um, I ended up going to university because 
there was there was no clubs that were really interested in me. Um, I didn't really know what path to take. So um, yeah, and obviously I'm not tall. For anyone that's watched me or knows me, I'm, I'm not a tall goalkeeper. So in England, a lot of clubs want you to be six foot two by the time you're 16. Right. So I really didn't fit the mold. Um, so yeah, I went to university when I when I came out. Um, had no real options, nothing like that. So then, um, like I said, to cut a long story short, ended up moving to the US, where once again I struggled to to get a club or to get any kind of looks or, um, at teams. I went to so many different trials, um, and the answer the answer was always no. Um, and when I tell you it's it's been a struggle. Um, like I said, um, my situation in England wasn't wasn't great in terms of looking for a club or anything like that. Like I skipped over a load of that because I could, I could go on for two, three hours telling you exactly what happened to me while I was over there. But um, yeah, in the US, like no one was really interested in me. I would sign for you know, like a PDL team, wouldn't really get any playing time. I did eventually manage, manage to get myself to uh, to the New York Red Bulls. That was before they made the two team. And that went well for a bit. And then that kind of situation kind of went to pot as well. I went over to uh, Canada. I played um, a little bit and trained with the uh, Vancouver Whitecaps too. Then took myself back to England where I actually uh, ended up playing with, uh, with West Ham. And that came about, I was... Honestly, um, I was just sitting on my couch when I was back in England and it was a situation that just wasn't good and I was very down and I just ended up getting a phone call from um, an old goalkeeper coach I knew and he just said, look, um, they need somebody extra to shoot at. Do you want to go in? And I was like, yeah, why not? Got nothing else. Like, so I headed over there and they liked me and, and, you know, thank God I ended up um, being there for a bit. But that situation also kind of went to pot as well. So came back to the US and then, yeah, was just trying to go for trial after trial after trial, being told I'm too small, being told I'm not good enough with my feet, my hands, with whatever it was. And um, yeah, I was done. I was uh, I was completely, I was like, yeah, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, I was 25 and I was like, I've been struggling for as long as I can remember to... Um, to become a pro because I believed I could make it, you know? Um, and obviously like you, when you have a dream and you want to chase it and that kind of stuff, you know, so I really want, I truly tried to go for it, you know? And I spoke to my family, spoke to my wife and, and they, were, they were like, Hey, go for one more trial, like just go for one more and see what happens. And that's when, uh, thank God I ended up uh, signing with El Paso. And that for me, like find my son, my first pro contract with them was like, that was mind blowing because, um, like I said, I was done, you know, um, and to be given the opportunity to some someone to see, you know, what I could produce and what I could be, you know, and to give me that chance, uh, that meant a lot to me. Albeit, I didn't play much um, during my time there. Um, I spent two seasons there, and I think I played altogether like three games. And even though that was the case, I'm I'm grateful for the three games. You know, I learned a lot. Um, I'm grateful to the staff, you, you know, like they pushed me, even though it was in training and not many games, they still pushed me, still challenged me to you know, see see what I could do. And uh, eventually my time there came to an end. And um, 
needless to say, there was kind of no interest in me at all. <laughs> um, yeah, if I was, if I'm to be blunt, most people wouldn't even spit in my direction. <laughs> um, that, I, yeah, to, like, to cut a long story short as well, again, um, there was nothing. And um, just saw an, an open trial uh, at Loudoun and um, rang the gaffer. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be in the area. Um, would you mind if I came in? And came in, said, yeah, why not? Did well in the trial, kept a clean sheet in um, two of the games. And then, yeah, they turned around and said, we want to sign you. And I was like, well, this is this is new. Uh, something's going, going well. So I was like, okay, excellent. Um, spoke with the family and stuff, and then they were, they were all buzzing. And, um, yeah, I was kind of like... I didn't expect to play because I know the situation with the two team. It's either the third choice from the first team that's coming down or, um, you know, one of the academy kids that they want to play. Um, so I didn't expect to play at all. Um, but I had a good preseason and, uh, yeah, they, the gaffer really liked me. The staff liked me. So, you know, I got the opportunity to, to play and, yeah, you know, I just kind of grabbed it with both hands. Man, I mean, it's 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 so crazy listening to you tell that story because, like, I mean, obviously, you know, we don't we don't know each other very well, and I, I haven't, you know, followed your career from the beginning, and so you don't you don't know a lot of that stuff, right? You just you know yeah. you see someone like yourself who played at El Paso and then then signed in Loud, and it's like, a, okay, well, this is a guy who's you know been in the league and and then um, you know signed with a few different teams like you don't hear all the struggles like that and you know I've been I've been in your situation before where like you know, I've, I've been I've been at the, the I won a championship you know I won goal career I've been the highest of the highest and and you know thinking I'm on my way to MLS and then you know a year later I can't even get a phone call back from from you know most of the teams in the league so like I've been in, I've been in that position where you sit at home and you you don't know what's coming next you have you know, should I retire should I go you know find a job is this for me anymore am I good enough to do this like you start to those, all those thoughts starts to creep in so like I mean you said a lot there I want to dive into a lot of that um yeah no worries yeah like like, like let's talk about that, that the mentality a little bit of you know you say you've been on trial after trial and you, you know you get no you know like I've, I've I've never been in a situation where like I've I've been on trial maybe like one time and that was when that was when in like a contract in Rochester and a new coach came in and mm -hmm. he basically wanted to see, you know, a bunch of the, the players who were coming back for it. And so, you know, right. it was a trial and it was and I, I felt that pressure a little bit, but it was kind of like I knew that I was most likely going to stay there. And so I've never right. I've never like been to a combine and and, um, you know, had to showcase my skills or, or been on trial and, and be really unsure of like, hey, is this if this contract doesn't work out, where am I going to go next? Like, And so like talk a little bit about that mentality and like what, how you kept going after saying after hearing so many no's and, and, and whether you're performing well or not like not getting the opportunity that you're hoping for yeah no it's uh it's tough it's tough um and it's like I still remember I still remember when I went to my first trial it's like you don't know what to expect so I kind of believed in my mind I was like if I go there and just put on a good performance it's going to be click of the fingers yes like so I'm a conch and it didn't work out like that at all. I get there and there's like 200 people and all that kind of stuff. And the coaches aren't really looking. And, and it's just... Is this an open, open trial? Or are you talking yeah, about this was, this, was an, this yeah. was an open trial. And it's like... And it's like... I'm like, wow. Okay, hold on a sec. Like, I pictured this a lot different in my mind. And the thing is, you can stand out at these things. But 
a lot of the time it really doesn't matter because a lot of the time the coaches already know who they want prior to you even turning up, you know? And um, it's tough. I, I've been to well over 12, 13, 14 different trials, open and um, closed. Um, and it's difficult. I mean, after the fourth and fifth one, you know, when you're hearing no, you, it's it's crazy. You, you go back and you, you have so many different thoughts. Oh, maybe the coach is biased. Or maybe I wasn't as good as I, I'm not as good as I think I am. Or maybe I just didn't perform. Or maybe this, or maybe that. And you start questioning yourself and questioning all these things and playing little scenarios in your head, just trying to find a reason as to why it hasn't happened so far, you know? And it's tough to pick yourself up because it's like you do the two days or three days or whatever it is at one of these trials and you give it everything. You pay your money to obviously get into the trial. You pay your money to travel. You pay your money to, uh, to, to, for, for the hotel, uh, for food, for all that kind of stuff. It's none of it's done for you. And you go and you just want to be given the opportunity to, the, the, a real opportunity to show what you can do. So it's got, you've got all these thoughts in your mind even before you turn up there. It's like, I really need to perform, you know, because when, you know, when you're leaving, you obviously leave and you speak to your family and all that kind of stuff. And you tell them, yeah, I'm going for this. And, you know, hopefully I'll come back with some good news and all that kind of stuff. And it just, it's tough, you know, like it's, it's not easy at all. And then, especially when you know you've done well, because like as, as a human being, you know, we can sugarcoat it and we can, you can buffer it up however you want, but you know when you've played well and you know when you haven't. Like you can throw all these excuses about being biased, but you know deep down that I've done well or I haven't. Right. And so it's tough when you know you've done well and you still get, hey, sorry, you're not, you're not the one for us or you're way too small or, or what, whatever it may be, you know? And then it's just like, it's like a knockback after a knockback. And it's like, you think to yourself, there's only so many of these I can take. Like, there's only so many times I can be knocked down. But then that's when you really have to dig in, you know, and think to yourself, okay, so I'm at this point. Do I want to keep going? And if I do, how do I pick myself up again? You know, and I'm, I'm Christian. So, you know, I, t- I turn to God, you know, when, um, when that situation, when I get into that kind of situation and I'm kind of just like dig my heels in and say, nah, I'm here for the long haul. Like I'm here to stay, you know, so I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to reevaluate and I'm going to go again, you know? And I did that many, many times. And it's like, I did um, look at that. What was it? That quote that did say like doing the same thing over and over again is insanity. Right. So I sat there thought to myself, well, maybe I'm insane then. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe, maybe I'm completely insane, but for some reason I believe it, you know, and I believe it's going to happen. So you just have to have that real tough mentality and you have to be honest with yourself because I did sit down and I would watch some of my, you know, clips that I'd made myself and I didn't have much game footage because obviously I was still trialing. So the videos that you get from these trials, I'd sit down and I'd look at them and I'd look at other professionals and I'd say, tick this off and tick that off. Well, I can do that and he can do that. Okay, tick that off. Okay, well, I don't do this as well. I'll go back with the drawing board and I'll work on that. And I would tick it off and say, and, you know, and, you know, just kind of really like evaluate myself and say, oh, you know what? I think I am ready. And I go again and then I get the knockback, you know, 
And then it's just a case of bringing yourself back, calming yourself down after you're angry or whatever you are, and then going back to the drawing board and going again. Um, so yeah, you have to be perseverant. Like you have to, you have to persevere. Um, and like I said, I was honest to myself. I, I thought to myself, you know, I genuinely have the ability to do it. And if honestly, if I didn't, if I didn't believe I did, I would have packed it in. But because, you know, I genuinely believed it, I carried on going, you know, and it's just, like I say, if, 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 if you genuinely have that feeling, you genuinely believe it and you've got the capacity to keep going, you have to. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you can be successful, um, especially in, in the USL, without having that, that one, being brutally honest with yourself, right? Mm. Like, am I good enough for this level? Am I good enough to do this? And then having that unwavering belief of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can do this uh, because it, it, it's it's such a, it's such a crapshoot at times. Like I, I, I tell people this all the time. It's like you just got to impress one coach. You can impress one coach, and you can have a career. You can have a very good career, right? right? But yeah. you got to find that one coach, and it may take you. It may take you three or four different teams where like, you know, you maybe you sign with, say, in El Paso and they, you know, they didn't rate you as highly, but then you sign with another team and, you know, you see what yourself, you, you, yeah. you didn't play as much in El Paso, but now you're playing and starting on a consistent basis and loud. And like, it, it takes one coach that, that rates you and, and wants to see you do well. Um, yeah. But it's it, it's tough because like we talk about, you talk about, you know, trials and open trials and things like that. And, and, and it's. I feel like there's a lot of guys that go into it, like, you know, you know, an open trial where there's 200 people and like, yeah, I'm going to be the one that stands out. And I don't want to shoot anyone's dreams down. Like you have absolutely have to go into that with that belief that, Hey, I'm going to yeah. do well. And I'm going to perform, but it's so tough. Cause like you said, that a lot of times, especially at the USL level, like there's teams just do it to make money. Right. As opposed to actually yeah. looking yeah. For, yeah. for diamonds in the rough and talent. Like they're, they're, they're definitely players that come out of open tryouts and, and earn contracts and then, and then turn into starters and, and go up, even, you know, higher levels. Right. But mm-hmm. the, the, the numbers are so low on that. And it's just tough because I hate to see guys go into that and then they get a no. And then it's like, well, you know what, let me go, let me go try something else where it's like that unwavering belief. Like, you know what, I may not have, I, maybe I didn't perform today. Maybe it was just a bad day or maybe I did perform well. And I, this just wasn't the team for me. You know, I'm an, I'm an attacking mid. Uh, I, I play the number 10 role and they've already got three, three tens signed to their team. Like that's not something that, that uh, that's not the place for me, but that doesn't mean I'm not good enough to do this. And so it's like, you gotta have that, that mentality and that belief to, in order to, to be successful at, at any level. Cause like, if you don't believe in yourself, then, you know, who's going to, you know, so exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just tough. But um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, your journey over to America. Like why, why did you make that decision to come over here? Cause I know you said you, you signed with Lutentown um, yeah. on an Academy contract. And I still, let's, let's dive into that a little bit because I'm, I'm I've been a little hazy on that um, in terms right. of like, when you sign as an Academy player, obviously you're, you want to work your way up to the first team, but like, right as an academy player, are you still like, are you still making money? Are you still, um, yeah, I mean, obviously you're playing at a high level, but like, do you, are you considered professional or you're, you're, you're pre-professional? Like what, what is that journey like? Right. So you're not quite considered a professional. So the way I'm not sure too well how it works in the U S but the way it works in England is, um, you get your academy contract and that's till you're 16. And then from 16 to 18, you get your youth contract. And then at 18, they decide, are you a pro? Mm. Um, so that can be done earlier. You can get that at 17, 16. You know the kids who like excel in their class and then you know this kid's a, 
you can sign them early. So um, yeah, you do to your 16 and then we call it like a scholarship, they call it. Um, you have your 16 to your 18 is your scholarship. And then at the end of those two years, they sit you down and say, hey, you're going to you're gonna be a pro at this club or you're not. And it's kind of 16 to 18, that point, that's when you get paid. Each club is different. I'm assuming the scholars at Man City are getting paid whatever, whereas the scholars at Luton Town really weren't making much. I'd venture to say it's like £150. You, you, you're probably making um, a week. Yeah. Whereas, like like I said, Man City, they're probably making 1500 or or more, you know? Um, and it's, yeah, it's... um. It's always you're always looking to the next step. If you're um if you're an academy contract, you one of the you one of the sixteens. You're always looking. Can I get a scholar? You know, um, can I perform enough to uh, to impress them to be on the youth team? And when you when you've made the youth team, um, that that's a huge step because that's when they're really looking at you. You know, that's when they're really deciding. Okay, so our first team has three left wingers, but only one right winger okay we've got a kid in the youth team who's he's promising so they're really keeping an eye on you and that kind of stuff so um yeah when you get to that point it's kind of like everyone thinks they're going to be a big pro like everyone thinks they're going to be the next big thing when you once you want to hit that point and then it's like for some people reality hits and uh for me like reality hit <laughs> reality hit um I think for me, one of the worst experiences I ever, I ever had in football was uh, being released young. And when you've gone through an academy and all your friends, because obviously Luton's not a very big town in England, um, and they're in a championship right now, actually. But um, a bunch of people that I knew were in the same um, academy youth team as I was. And um, yeah, so you're all playing together. You're all friends. You all know each other. You all go to the same schools, all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, some of your friends get pros and you're like, oh, that's brilliant, mate. Like all that kind of stuff. And it's, then you're the one who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you don't, I don't want to say you don't because I, I don't know what it's like at other clubs, but some places will give you an explanation. And then my situation, you're just too small. And it was like, oh, okay. Um, but I've been performing not what we're looking for just too small so then you're like wow okay so I've been doing this what do I do now and at the time Luton were in league two yeah they were in league two when I when I was there because they 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 dropped down from league one they were in league two and had they went to administration so they were in they, they were in league two and um a kid coming out of the academy getting released from a league two club you don't look too attractive. <laughs> if you get released from Man City at 16 or 18, people are probably going to be like, oh, I don't know, he's at Man City, let's, let's have a look at him. You, you get released from League 2 Luton Town, who were bottom of the league at the time. There aren't too many clubs that come like ringing your phone or knocking your door, especially when you're like a five foot 10 goalkeeper at a time. So it's like, <laughs> there, wasn't, there wasn't many options. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, so what in the name do I do now? Um, and that happens to a lot of kids. Um, there's actually an unfortunate, um, I can't remember the exact story, so I don't want to say too much, but there was a kid that played for Man City 
And yeah. sadly, I think he, uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. He yeah, well, I mean, I was, was going to ask you about that next, like what, and kind of like what, I mean, you spoke about it a little bit, but like what the mentality is like when oh, you, know, man. you said, like you, you've been released and all your friends, you know, oh. are now progressing and you're the one that's been left behind. Like what kind of support is there? And obviously, I mean, you, you, you've touched on it a little bit, but there's not a lot of support. And I got, I think, I, I remember reading the story about the, the player from Man City who committed suicide. And I was like, I had, at 16, 17 years old, if I was told, like, I'm, you know, I felt like if I felt like my world was like coming to an end, like I, I, I wasn't going to, you know, be a professional football. I don't know how I would have reacted. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like there's just got to be more support around players at, at every age, but especially at a younger age when, you know, their only focus is, you know, like you said, I, I, I want to go from academy to the scholarship to the you know, first team and, and being at a massive club like Man City, I, you know, the, the, it, the, the lights are bright and then all of a sudden it, it all gets shut off. And, you know, I can only imagine what he's going through, what he was going through. And, I, and you know, it hurts as a, as a, as a footballer to, to kind of see, you know, players feel that level of disappointment. I've never, you know, I've never been that low before, but I've been pretty low. And, 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 and you know, this sport brings you so many highs and so many lows and it's just oh, such a roller coaster great. sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was just, I was going to ask you about that. that, that uh, example. May it's, there isn't. Now, I don't know. Because I haven't, been, I haven't been back in the England system in a while. But um, then, no support. And it's like, it, to, to, to any listeners who don't play, I would say, it may sound silly to hear, you know, someone's down and depressed or, you know, at a point where they want to take their own lives because they didn't make it as a pro. But when I, when I tell you, when you're a kid, and you're watching these stars on TV and you're in the academy and you're so close to them, you can touch them and you think you're doing well and someone automatically just, just like, for whatever reason, tells you, yeah, you're done now. That is such a blow at a young age that it's insane. Like, I remember when it hit me, you literally, I came out of the meeting thinking to myself, what am I going to do now? And who's going to want me? And it's like, you don't even know whether to go left or go right, because some kids will have agents. Those are the kids who are probably playing for their, their national teams at a young age. But me, I, I have no agent. Um, I, I didn't even know one agent was to you. <laughs> and it's like, I've just been told that, yeah, Jay, you aren't good enough. You're too small. You're just not going to, yeah, no, we're done. And then you just pack your things from your locker and you leave. And it is such a blow. And then you get you, some of your other friends coming out like, yeah, it's got my two-year scholar. Or they've offered me a two-year scholar with a one-year pro optional. And then you're, sat, you're the one who's like, yeah, I just got released. That hurts, man. Like, <laughs> it hurts a lot. And there does need to be more support. And, you know, give, give the kids a bit more. Like, okay, this is why you're not right for our club, you know? This is what you did. This is all a, com- a compilation of all your videos. You know what, though? I do, we have, I think it's 92 clubs in the Football League. I do know a bunch of people who would be interested in, you know, I'm going to put you onto these guys. I'm going to, we're going to help you out. We're going to, something, anything that's going to just take away how, how hard it is, you know? And it's like, when I got released, I... I can honestly say things didn't re- things didn't get easier for me. Um, I played at a bunch of non-league clubs, um, and I can t- I can tell you like I've done a bunch of jobs like 
I've cleaned toilets, man. Like, what, when I tell you it got hard, dude, it got hard, man. Like, it's, and it's crazy because, like, you can listen to me and think this is just all football. No, 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 no. no. I, you have to be mentally strong to go through what we go through. And it's, people don't realize, they see the glitz and the glamour and the lights, but behind a lot of that, it's tough, you know? It, it really is. And it's like, a lot of times, it's just you and your thoughts in your bed. <laughs> you know, whether you've had a bad game or, you know, you've, you've had a weldy and you want to go back and look at, look at the game. It's a lot of time, it's just you and your thoughts. And especially being a young kid at that time, it's, it's difficult. So there, there does need to, like I said before, there does need to be a lot more support for, for, for kids who get, rele- who get released. You can't just release them and then just leave them to their own devices. It's not, it's not easy, even for a grown man getting released, you know? And obviously when you're older, you have ages and that kind of stuff, like, but it's not easy, man. So yeah, like, that's what I would say. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely tough. It's, it's, it's hard. It's a hard feeling to explain. Um, yeah. You know, like when you talk about specifically being a goalkeeper, you talk about like just being alone with your thoughts and like, Oh, I made that this mistake today in training, or you know, I didn't, I didn't do this in a game. I probably could have saved this goal. And like, and, and, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, I'm 31 now. Uh, I've been playing professionally for 10 years, and I've, I've learned now that I, you know, I can't dwell on it. I gotta let it go. Like, you know, I've, I've made mistakes in training, made mistakes in games. Um, this season, last season, every single season before that, um, and at this point you know, it doesn't affect me like it used to, but I remember, I remember specifically one time, this was my second year um, in Rochester. So my second year as a professional and I, we were in training and, and it was a pretty close strike, but it was from a terrible angle. Uh, no, no chance it should have gone in and it just hit my hands and, and bounced in. And I remember I sat on the sideline, like literally that was the last kick of practice. Like the ball went in the back of the net, they blew practice. And I sat on the sideline for about an hour just like thinking about it and like, what am I, what am I doing? Why, like, am I good enough to do this? Should I still be doing this? And like, I've had those moments plenty of times. My, my third year as a professional, I, just, I played, I didn't play any games. Um, I was a third string goalkeeper. Um, but I trained, and I trained really well. And, and, you know, you talked about it before, like, you know, when you played well and when you haven't played well, I was that season, I was playing really well. Um, and there was no reason I should have been a third goalkeeper. Um, but, you know, MLS Lonies and, and, and other guys that were playing well and, and the coach preferred. Um, that was that was a mental struggle for me that season. Um, going from, like, I was back up my first two years. I was tra- traveling everywhere. I got in a couple games, played, you know, five or six games my first couple of years. But I was behind, like, a veteran goalkeeper. But then that third year, just didn't get in at all. Uh, barely made the bench, made the bench maybe once or twice, but I'll sit in the stands every single game. And it's hard to see, it's hard to, you know, talk, you, you call your family every weekend. And they're like, how did, how did train go? How did the game go? Are you playing this weekend? And, you know, having to consistently say, no, I'm not playing. No, no, I'm not going to be in the lineup. No, I'm not traveling. You know, that, that takes a toll on you because all you want to do is, you know, get that opportunity and prove yourself. And, and it's, it's a, it's a tough thing to deal with internally when, uh, you're not either you're not playing well, you're not getting the opportunities. You just, you just aren't where you want to be. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, 
hopefully for the listeners who who don't play goalkeeper, don't play soccer, you know, you can you can kind of frame that into your own and into your own life where you're not quite where you want to be, maybe in your career relationship or whatever it is. Like it's 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 a tough feeling to have and and to consistently have to go into training every single day and put that face on and compete and and not quite get what you what you feel like you deserve. Uh, it's tough. That's tough, man. But uh, like, I, so now I want to talk about like how you made the transition from. So you said you went to uni. You went to uni over in England, right? Yeah, I went to university in England. Yeah. So then, how did you make the transition to the United States? What was why? Why or did someone help you get to the United States? You just come over here and say, yeah. you know, I'm just gonna go on trial, or what was that process? Yeah, no. So, um, so a girlfriend who's now my wife at the time, um, her family moved um, back to the United States and. Um, yeah, she kind of just transitioned that that way over. So we we stayed together, and um, yeah, it was just a case of I was like, this is not working. Like this is this this football thing is not working for me in England. Like <laughs> I'm not getting a look in because everybody in England wants a goalkeeper who's six foot four and above. So like yeah, so I was like, hey, I'll give it a try in the in the US and see see if they like what I have to offer. So. Uh, Came over, um, initially didn't go, because I didn't go according to plan at all. Um, I was coaching. I was coaching um, kids. I, I coached them in Connecticut, in Tampa, in every state. <laughs> and I was just trying to look for an, for an opportunity in the meantime while I was, while I was coaching. Um, and that was difficult. Um, I was still going to trials, obviously, while I was coaching kids as well. Um, and then, yeah, just sending emails. And that was kind of that was kind of how I transitioned over to the US. I just kind of just um, did, did a bunch of research before I came over as well of, of the teams and, you know, kind of how, how the outlook of how things were over here. Obviously, it's very different to England. Um, and just when I looked into stuff, I was like, I feel like I could have a career over there. You know, I feel like I, feel I can go, I can go over there and do well. I watched a couple videos of... Um, people were playing over over here and I was like I think I can um I think I can do a job and it's funny actually he's retired now but it was Nick Romando that I actually uh watched I was like he looks like he's roughly my size so uh <laughs> so I would uh, have a look and I was like oh they they, they rate this guy and he, he's doing well so uh I don't see why I can't go and you know emulate his success and so yeah, I kind of made my transition over to the US. In my head, it was a lot easier than it actually was. Um, you know, I believed I'd just come over there and yeah, he's this guy from England, like played over here, like he, everyone's gonna it didn't work out of that at all. Um but yeah, no, that was kind of how I transitioned over to the US. Um it was a struggle. Um most of my trials um at different teams and open trials and stuff like that were over here in the US. But um, yeah, no, it was, I wouldn't say it was a hard transition because I kind of say like a lot of people, like people say like football's a universal language, like whether you or T, whether they play tippy tappy over here or they play long ball over there, you can kind of adapt. Like, you know what I mean? You just got to learn to be better with your feet or better distribution or better shot stop. Or like, you know what I mean? Like you just got to kind of adapt. So I didn't really find it a, a hard transition. Um some of the lingo was different, like either some some of the things you say you, you, you say like step and press and all that kind of stuff. Like they say slightly different things over here, and so I obviously had to just learn what 
meant what off. But other than that, it was, I thought it was a pretty, pretty easy transition, to be honest. I think it's it's interesting what you're talking about. It's like emailing people and, and kind of being proactive. I think that's what you, especially at the USL level, um, you know, I think it's, it's something that I think guys tend to rely too much on their agents and hoping that they're going to get them somewhere like guys like I signed with an agent I remember early on in my career and wasn't didn't really know much about him but I was like I have an agent now like he's going to get me places and Mm -hmm. and whereas like I've seen plenty of guys who simply just send out an email and say hey you know I'm a goalkeeper what do you do you have any uh, you know need for a goalkeeper and that can turn into a trial which can turn into a contract which can turn into a starting job which can turn into you know success so like, i think so just say that. telling guys to to be proactive like, that's the biggest thing i i, I talk yes. to guys on my yes. own team where i'm like oh you have an agent that's dope like make sure they're doing their job but you can do your job too like whatever exactly. what, what they can do you can do as well like you can no one's going to promote you better than yourself like you exactly you, mate you gotta so you gotta true. be proactive with it you have to be if proactive. you really want this if you really want mm-hmm. this then you're gonna you're gonna get out of your comfort zone and be like look i'm i'm gonna email 10 coaches today and if, if nine of them don't get back to me that's fine hopefully the one you know does turn out to be something if it doesn't i'm gonna email more coaches the next day like if, they, if this is really what you want to do like yeah. don't rely on other people to do it for you you can do it yourself and it's funny you say that because it's like if you were to see my stem but my my sent in my uh email you wouldn't believe it i'm telling you, the amount of emails i've sent um to coaches just trying to promote myself is completely insane and it's like i've kept email chains and text messages and all that kind of stuff from coaches i spoke to in like 2014 like and emails that i've I think I I think I went as a friend of mine actually went to go play in Malaysia, and I have emails to clubs in Malaysia that I had translated in in Malaysian just to send out. Like so, I can give you an idea of just how many emails I've sent. Like I, you can name a country, I probably sent back a team in that country an email. Like <laughs> so, and it was just like because, like I said, I was. I believed what I was going for and I was so desperate, you know? So like you said, like, if, if you, if you really want to do this, like there's a lot you got to go through, you know, and there's a lot you've got to be willing to go through as well. Yeah. I mean, you talk about, you know, you talk about rejections and, and people not responding to you or people telling you, you know, you're too small of a goalkeeper. Like I'm not, I'm not the largest goalkeeper myself. And so I've had to, do, to battle with that, um, you know, my entire career, you know, the, the six, four, six, five goalkeeper, um, it's always going to look more attractive to coaches than, you know, the six yeah. foot guy who may be just, you know, athletic and, and, and can make saves. But like, what, what, what would you say to, to goalkeepers who are, who are a little bit smaller and, and, you know, trying to figure out their way, whether it's trying to get to college or trying to get to the professional level? First thing I would say is believe in yourself. Believe, believe in yourself. Like, don't, don't listen to the, the typical, the typical, what the typical idea of a goalkeeper is a big six foot four guy or, or, or whatever work on what you can control. We can control how, how good we are with our feet, you know, our distribution and that kind of stuff. You know, if, if you're going to be a small goalkeeper, I can imagine you've got a, a level of explosive of explosiveness to you. So work on your shot stopping, you know, work on your shot stopping, work on your feet, work with what you have. Cause and that's why I had to accept I'm never going to be six foot two, six foot four. And I had to, when I had to, when I finally able to accept that, I was like, 
well, I'm not six foot two, six foot four, but I am going to be the best distributor in the ball. But I am going to be the best shot stopper. I'm going to be able to read the ball perfectly in the air. So when I come for it, I get it, you know, and that that's what I would say. Well, that's what I would say. Believe in yourself and, you know, recognize your shortcomings and work on them. You know, don't, don't, don't take the typical, I'm not big. So nah, it doesn't work like that. You know, like you said, it only takes what impressing one coach for you to have a career. So work on these shortcomings, shortcomings and just keep pressing on. Cause I, I don't see that. I, I personally don't see as anything that someone who's taller as a goalkeeper can do that. We can't do to be honest, because we still make top corner saves. They make top corner saves. You still make bottom corner saves. So do they. Shot stopping, you could put an outfield player in goal. Shoot, they're going to make a save eventually. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's the, the other things like the communication, the distribution, coming for balls in the air. If you can work on all those kind of as- aspects of the game, you'd be fine. And don't doubt yourself. Yeah, those little intangibles. I mean, I, I try to, to throw in examples like like a Nick Romando, you know, mm-hmm. guys who have been successful at the highest level um, and throughout their careers. I mean, there's, there's international goalkeepers. Iker Casillas wasn't the biggest goalkeeper, you know. Mm-hmm. He's considered one of, the, one of the top goalkeepers of all time. It's like it's not yeah. so much about size. It's about your belief in yourself, you know, and your, your, right. the, your willingness to improve on certain, certain areas, like you said, like, you know. If you're not the biggest goalkeeper, what, what's your positioning like? You know, what are your reactions like? What's your quickness like? Because you got to have something that that differentiate differentiates you from you know what a, what a bigger goalkeeper can do. That's um, right. Uh, you know, I I thought about that throughout my career. Like starting out, I was just like the most athletic kid, so like that was that was easy for me. And then it started to I started to realize like everyone can make saves. So like, what else That's am I right. going to be able to do? Like, you know, so then I started working on my left foot Then I started working on my communication. I just started working on my, my ability to read the ball um, in behind the back line and come off my line and, and be aggressive in my box. Like those are all different things that you can differentiate yourself in. If, but you got to put, you know, you got to put the work in, you got to put the time in. you got to be honest with yourself and say, Hey, look, Maybe I'm not the great at take greatest at taking crosses. So now I'm gonna spend, you know, 15 minutes after training and, and start mm-hmm. taking crosses, work on my timing so I can start dominating my box. Like, you know, yeah. a taller goalkeeper may not do that as well because they're not as quick off his line or they you know, they they can cover the goal a little bit better. So they're they're more confident with seeing strikes from eight to ten yards out, you know. Like whereas if you, you know, you and I come and take a cross, you know, eight yards out, it's a lot easier. Uh, than having to deal with, you know, covering an entire goal uh, in, in such a small amount of time. So, so it's, it's, it's little things like that. You got you to gotta be honest with yourself and you got to start analyzing your game and start realizing what what key areas that you can start to improve on. Uh, That's right. But, uh, you know, to, to kind of finish things off, I want to talk about like some, some of your, your inspirations uh, growing up as, as a goalkeeper. Um, like who, who really, who did you, did you look at and kind of emulate your game after and, and, and kind of inspired you to, to, to be a goalkeeper and keep keep uh the um i would say it's funny i would say it, it was actually uh nick romando because <clears throat> it's funny i um i remember turning on the tv when i was younger and it was on channel five and there was this really colorful game and when i say colorful like it was really bright and the field was strange and i didn't know what league it was and uh there was this small goalkeeper playing in goal and on the field it said Utah and obviously I had no clue what um what Utah was but um I continued watching the game I was like this league looks really really cool I was like what's this 
And I was like, oh, I want to play over there. Not knowing it was the MLS, <laughs> not knowing that it was Nick Romando in goal and it was Real Salt Lake. And then eventually when I, as I got a bit older and I realised who I was actually watching back then, I was like, so that's who that small goalkeeper was. And I was like, I started watching the things that he did. I would go check out videos and all that kind of stuff. And honestly, I would say that's probably, that's probably, that was probably my, the biggest thing that inspired me. I was like, it's this guy who's like not tall and he's, he's making waves, you know, playing the professional game and he's respected, you know? So for me, that was the biggest driving force um, and what really made me believe that I could, you know, do the same thing. It's interesting. Like, I, I definitely I definitely watched Nick Morando growing up um, and you know, him being a smaller goalkeeper and me not being that big definitely impacted me. But I think I, I always look at like I, I remember the two the two big ones for me were Shaka Hislop and Zach Thornton. Um, and it was right. mainly because they were black goalkeepers excelling right. at the highest level. And I, I remember thinking like, you know, I, when I was growing up, I never saw I saw maybe one or two other black goalkeepers. I think the only one I saw was Shaka Hislop. <laughs> but I mean, like playing when I was playing against you know other youth clubs, like I I didn't really. really oh see yeah, black never, never. Yeah, so never. I was always the only one, and I was like, well, you know, like why am I why am I like the only one? And then like seeing Shaka Hislop and seeing Zach Thornton and making and realizing like, hey, you know, they can do it at the highest level. I I want to be. Mm-hmm doing it at the highest level and so they're they were kind of the ones that inspired me because like you know representation matters and then being able to see um goalkeepers that look like me that were excelling and doing well um inspired me a lot so that was the, that was probably my biggest inspirations <laughs> i will tell you, i will tell you one thing i um like you said we don't know we don't know each other very well but before i came to the u.s i know i knew who you were so i knew you were rochester right yeah 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 so i already i already um and it's funny because you were obviously you were a black goalkeeper as well. And that was why I, um, before I came over, I had a look and I was looking at the leagues and all that kind of stuff. I was like, I was like, oh, so this is black goalkeeper playing for Rochester. Okay. I was like, so I can go over there and do a bit, you know? <laughs> so uh, it's, 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 it's just interesting that you say that you looked at um, other goalkeepers like Zach Thornton and uh, Shaka Hislop and you were like, you know, they're a black goalkeeper as well. So, you know, and they've excelled. So why can't I, you know? And like, like you said, you, you, I think, was it 2015 that you got goalkeeper of the year? Yeah. Yeah. See, it's funny. You never know who's watching you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, no, I saw I saw all that stuff and I was like, I don't see why that can't be me, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it can't, you know? Like, it, you look at where, you, where, you, where you've been and where you are now, and, like, especially, you know, being in, in a system like DC United, like, the, the opportunities are there, you know? So... Uh, you know, man, I don't, I don't want to keep you too long tonight. Um, I do want to say thank you for coming on and sharing your story. I'm going to be honest, it, it, it blew me away. Um, I didn't, I didn't know a lot of the, the details of, of your journey, and I think it's, it's incredibly impressive how perseverant you've been and, and to be where you are right now and, and performing at, at the level you are. I mean, you know, season maybe not going the way you want it, but like individually being able to perform on a consistent basis um, and, and dealing with the challenges that you are. Uh, I think it's, it's incredibly impressive. So uh, and, you know, I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, sharing your, your knowledge and your wisdom with our listeners. Hopefully they'll take something from this and, and, and learn. And, and, you know, you'll, you're, you're the next goalkeeper that's going to, that's going to inspire, you know, the next generation. So 
Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, we'll definitely catch up sometime soon. We'll play again soon, so we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. catch up then. But um, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining the podcast. And and okay. and uh, if there's anything last thing you want to say to the listeners, uh, go right ahead. Yeah, one last thing I would say. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only. Uh, I'm not the only story or. You know, I'm sure there's other guys or girls that are, you know, trying to make it and they're probably gone through similar or harder things than, than, than I went through. But all I would say is, you know, take a step back, you know, evaluate, look into, look into your game, that kind of stuff. Believe in yourself and keep going, you know. Don't doubt yourself. If you, if you genuinely have that dream and you want to keep going, don't doubt yourself because keep, keep pounding the rock, eventually it'll break. It's a great, great message. And hopefully our listeners will, will take that to heart and, and heed that uh, that insight. But to our listeners, uh, another great episode. Thank you guys for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. Uh, and we'll catch you guys again soon. And that's another episode of the Last Line Soccer Podcast in the books. Once again, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We really appreciate your support. As always, if you have any feedback for us, positive or negative, head over to the Prime Focus goalkeeping page to drop us a message. We also want to thank another one of our sponsors, Roughneck Scars, for all the work they do. If you're in need of great custom scars for teams or supporters groups, head over to roughneckscars.com to see what they have to offer. As always, guys, take care and stay tuned for the next Last Line Soccer Podcast episode. (laughs) 